Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Book in the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today we are covering WCW Saturday Night on TBS from November the 16th of 1991. I'm sitting here with Doc and Not Hard Body Hopper. As we mentioned last week, we're having to uh, record a couple of things way in advance of them airing. So uh, these last three episodes, including this one that you've listened to, have all been recorded within a two and a half day span. So if you didn't get a Patreon shout out or you didn't hear your five star review on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict, that is why. Uh, be patient and yours will come for sure. Doc, let me throw it to you. How are you? You're fine. We just recorded for an hour and a half, so I'm sure you're doing great. This is taking me back to the Smoky Mountain Friday mornings. Yeah, but those shows went were go by in like an hour, not an hour and a half. Let me tell you something. These two-hour episodes you're making me watch is BK-inducing. Bro, this is rough. These uh, these these two-hour ones are, are brutal, man. It's they weren't much. brutal when we were young. They're brutal now, man. So, like, yeah. What are we doing um, If here? you're listening to this, hey, last week we had a lot of fun. It was an hour ago for us. Uh, less at the end of the episode. So we are... Not going to talk about anything that's happening in the world. So once again, let me just put out this disclaimer. If AI and the machines, the robots, or the aliens have taken over, we love you. Uh, We're ready to serve you. Um, (laughs) Mike and I will be your liaison and interpreters for the SAPs. We speak SAP. Sure. Okay. All right. That's nice, Doc. Well, Doc, <laughs> last week, last week, we, during a big portion of our episode, we went through a lot of the Ask Doc questions that we called for on Patreon. I don't know if I said that, so there's a reminder. Not only are the ask, is the Ask Doc segment available on Patreon uh, early, but I posted it for patrons to ask questions of you. So if someone out there emails me and says, Hey, I didn't get my question in. Uh, you didn't ask questions. You didn't ask for questions. I did ask on Patreon. So it's a, another benefit of becoming a patron, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. So if you're listening to this early, we're going to go through the second half of Doc's segment of Ask Doc. So Doc, how about we jump on right into this thing and I'll get you going with the uh, Ask Doc segment. That's a lot of fun last week. Glad we could do it. Um, I say we, uh, we get right into it. <clears throat> Jason Ward wants to know, 
With the recent resurgence of the Cowboys-Niners rivalry, it's not where it once was by any stretch, but it can get there again, what are some of your favorite memories from Cowboys 49ers games from from years past? Mine is definitely the 94 NFC title game when Steve Young got redemption for the failures of the previous two years. Right now, my current favorite is uh, watching Ezekiel Elliott get knocked on his ass on the last play of my season last year. <laughs> he said favorite memories. He didn't say miserable memories. I had to take something out of the tragedy to, to smile. So, you know, um, so definitely not the catch. That was a fraud and bullshit. And, and Montana was throwing that ball away and got lucky. And then he's a hero and shit. Fuck that. Fuck him. All right. Um, Certainly not the the game that Ward is talking about here, the 94 championship where, like, we came out and fucking Javorskied ourselves on on the field in the first quarter and got behind and then fought back the whole way and then Switzer's out on the field getting penalties for being on the field and interfering with the play. That, That guy was a buffoon's buffoon. The reason okay. Switzer was a was a successful coach is that he happened to be coaching at the right time at the right place where his crazy ass antics would work. And probably as much or better than anyone else in that time period, he could go in and talk bullshit to the black mama and get those athletes to come to Norman, Oklahoma. What does this have to do with favorite memories from Cowboys 49ers? Well, my favorite memory is going to be uh, the 1992 NFC Championship game on a muddy track, January 17th, 1993. Because mm-hmm. um, really what happened in that was that the Cowboys jumped a year. You know how everything is steps. You got to figure out how to win. Then you got to figure out how to get in the playoffs. Then you got to figure out how to advance in that next level. And... We jumped a couple a year or two in that game by winning it the way we did. And we were, again, um, running nose and nose with them until the fourth quarter when we got that separation at the end. Uh, Favorite play from that was Alvin Harper catching that crossing pattern going like 60, 70 yards, really moving and changing the field there. And it was like, damn, we're better than we thought we were. We thought we could do it, but now we know we can do it. And I got to tell you, Buffalo Bills didn't stand a chance two weeks later. They really didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Because right. really, in my opinion, the thought process was the 49ers are the best team in football. Now, people people give the Bills down the road, but they, made, they did make the Super Bowl four years in a row. They did stun the, the Oilers back then in that championship game. And the Bills were no joke. It's just that was they get, a wild card they get, game, Doc. They get whatever. They get reduced to a footnote because they lost four Super Bowls in a row. I take that right now. They left. Let the first one. This isn't. I don't want to go down that path. They let the first one slip away. They should have beat the Giants. Of course, they should have beat the Giants. Um, but the Giants give them credit. They held that ball and neutralized that offense through ground game and. You got to give the Giants credit. They they played their game that that Sunday, and they walked away with um, and I, their and second Super this. Bowl. I, you know, we call it down the middle on the show, right? We sure do. 
obviously I don't like the 49ers and obviously they're one of the few teams that's in the way of where I want to go. But I respect the team that they've built because they will hit you in the trenches and they will they will play physical football and you have to fear and respect that. Very true. Next question from Duck Bozard. He says, Doc, no, no, it's a clean one. Doc, which four horsemen lineup is hands down your favorite? I don't have a hands down favorite. I do. Um, You know, I think my favorite is the original four. Right. Followed very closely with inserting Wyndham into that. Mm -hmm. And then the underrated one that I think is the one with Benoit and Pillman. Yeah, I can see why why you would say that. Hands down, my favorite is the original. Like I feel like it's a an original movie. But um But but here's the thing, and we've discussed this. None of them lasted anywhere as long as I thought <laughs> they did. Man, you get older and you realize, God damn, that was just a blip on the radar. It's crazy this, how quick it this goes. This thing that I feel like changed my life, the horseman, really wasn't that that long of a thing. It wasn't, man. It wasn't. Makes it's wonder, insane. Makes you wonder how what else you built all of your thoughts around in the early age that were wrong. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is from a frequent show contributor, Robert Silva. Silva. I says, knew this Doc, was him. Doc, what will the Mavericks do this offseason to make them a championship team? Is Jason Kidd the right coach? Do you regret them not keeping Jalen Brunson? <laughs> so okay. I'm laughing. Hold on. I'm laughing because... Doc has been hotter than thick thumb, baby, about these Mavericks lately. He is pissy as a, as he is he is pissed to the highest levels of pissivity. But go ahead, Doc. Well, and here's why. You know, I realize what I'm getting in January because it's built with the Cowboys. It's built off 30 years of history, but when we're talking flipping that script over to the NBA and this team with a generational talent like Luca who has some things that he still needs to learn at his, you know, young tender age still. Um, and you know me, I'm a huge, huge NBA fan. Like I'm not a huge college fan. I'm an NBA fan and how that game is played. Um, I got no, look, I don't agree with everything Kyrie says or does or really his approach to things. But on the court, I like his game a lot. So I don't have the biggest problem with him being here either if he wants to be here. The problem with this team right now is Jason Kidd, full stop. He is a terrible coach. And if you go around and you read things from his second year in Milwaukee, he's doing the same things again to lose the team that he did in Milwaukee. Putting pushing blame in post game press conferences to the players instead of owning it and shielding the players, he's doing that again. Um, I can't stand him. Look, he was great, great player, helped us win a championship, but he's got to go now. <laughs> they got to fire him. You can't have Kyrie for a couple of months and before that, Luca, and not make the playoffs. You just can't. Now, when this comes out. We'll already know right now we're still fighting to try to get into the playoffs, which is bullshit in and of itself. We <laughs> bury Christian Wood on the bench. Uh, the rookie that we drafted, Jaden Hardy, is going to be a major player. 
and we keep playing Dwight Powell's sorry ass and Reggie Bullock's washed up ass. And we need to get those, the, 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 and, and I get it. Kid doesn't think Christian Wood plays defense. Okay. Maxi Cleaver. Not good. Um, so back to Silva. Silva's enjoying this because he's a, he's a basketball guy. Um, do we reg- do I regret them not keeping Jalen Brunson? That is a really, really tough question because I really like, shut up. Are we doing this or not? You're being disrespectful to Silva. I'm not disrespecting him. The funny part about this is what people don't know that are hearing this is you have been trying to talk to me about this kid Mavericks nonsense for at least a week now. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I got my own problems right now trying to get in the playoffs. (laughs) But go ahead. Jalen Brunson is a hell of a player. We stole him in the second round. He's a winner, as evidenced by his work at Villanova. Should we have kept him? In hindsight, it's easy to say yes, but here's my thing. He wanted to go to New York back home. Okay, that's hard to beat. And I have a belief that his style and size is going to take the tread off his tire with injuries fast. And so what you don't want to do is be in year four or five of that contract and he ain't playing because he's hurt. So does it hurt this year that he's not here? A hundred percent. No question. He was when Luca was out in the playoffs last year, he carried us. He's great. I saw him a couple of weeks ago in New York at a game at Madison Square Garden. He scored 16 points in the first quarter. He's great. Long term, I don't know that he's the right answer. But I'm starting to question how, what, what I really don't know. Sylvie, and this is the thing is they got to figure out real quick what kind of assets you put next to Luca to, to maximize the whole thing. Cause Luca's slow. He likes to play slow. He's deliberate. And you put a bunch of athletic brothers, which you need to like make up for his deficiencies on the defensive end. They want to get out and run. And Luca's walking the ball up the court. I don't know how you get to that, but I know here's what I know. I've seen enough to, to finish this question and move on. I've seen enough Dwight Powell. I've seen enough Maxi Kleber. I've seen enough Reggie Bullock and I've seen enough Jason Kidd as the coach. He is so hot right now about I'm so, kid. like I'm really downplaying how mad and just fussy and salty and like pissed off I am about this. This is not where we were supposed to be after last year. And yes, Brunson hurts, but I don't think it's all that. Like I said, pissed off to the highest levels of pissivity is uh what I'd say. But we'll go to the next hey, question good now. Que- good question. Uh Good question, Silva. Always thoughtful as uh, in uh, thoughtful as usual. Next question is from Matt Fanert. Matt, I hope I'm saying that correctly. What is the worst and best new ideas that came out of the Turner purchase? This is a tough one. Yeah, I would say the worst idea is the idea that we're going to be like WWF and we're going to go away from promos to the inset cut boxes of 30 second crap promos. Yeah, and then you can get into gimmicks too, like whoever brought in well, the that juicer. Follows. Yeah, and, the whole idea yeah, that we're going to chase the industry leader, which that's terrible. What's probably yeah, should have. I don't know if it's a new idea, but the best thing that's probably good for the the, the talent is the is the money, guaranteed money. Well, I mean, if you're Flair, that wasn't a new idea because he didn't get. 
No, but a guy like Austin could come from, you know, eating raw potatoes in Memphis to making a grand a year. Making what a year? Hundred. I don't think he was making that at first. Oh, I thought he was making. Don't don't get me wrong. One fifty six was was what I thought they brought in. Nah, he wasn't getting that at that. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm almost positive he was around seventy five when he first comes in because I thought I heard him say that before, which is still good money. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Don't get me wrong. That's good money. I'm not trying to say it's not, but yeah, I, that, but, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I disagree with you when you talk about money, because I mean, the stars during the JCP era were getting paid good too. I mean, the horsemen were making bad. Okay. So one, one of the other, um, well, I don't know. I don't know that there are great ideas that come out of the Turner purchase. Because again, here's the problem. You can you can tune in to Double J's podcast and hear this every once in a while. Still today in 2023, corporate wrestling does not work. I think I think they're worse than best. Is hard to clearly say, especially when you're talking about ideas, because. Like, the worst I ideas can, come because now you're starting to get into arachnoman and trucker norm and the juice. Right. And that's yeah. easy. You get those just stupid cartoonish gimmicks and you can go down that long list, laundry list of things. Trucker norm, Ninja Turtle Norman, as we've called it, just Norman and Lunatic in general, arachnoman. The just whoever brought in the juicer was just a terrible. And that, that those are like ideas that are terrible. So like you have the or or even you know Captain Mike Rotunda like wh- why why is he a captain like it just you you get those those gimmicks um, that are terrible I mean so I mean you you have you have things like that that are definitely worse but so you have gimmicks that are bad but then I, I don't I'd lump just a new idea is after Turner takes over is bringing in Jim Hurd. Whoever had that idea is that's a work like don't wouldn't you see that as like the worst? Oh yeah. Jim Hurd is the worst, like by 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 default. Or or am I thinking about that wrong? No, I think if that's in the equation and in play, then that's the worst. Yeah, I mean, because idea new ideas is that worst and best new ideas is very open to interpretation. Um because now if you were to drill down and say what was the worst gimmick, what was the best gimmick, like then I think you 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 get into some some different discussions. Now if I were to think about gimmicks, I like Johnny B. Bad. I think PN News is hilarious. Like I think those are actually not best, but those are good ideas. You want to talk about best things uh, after, you know, Turner? <sighs> bringing in Rick Rude, bringing in Steve Austin. You know, but if you get too long down the Turner purchase too, you you'll then see things like, well, when Austin's fired, that becomes a worse idea. You know, so it, it depends on your time frame that you're looking at it too. If you're talking about where we're at now, pff, great ideas are bringing in Austin and you know forming a dangerous alliance and Rick Rude, um, is what I'd say. But it's a it's a good question. I mean, you could go on forever depending on how you want to view the the new ideas. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Uh, appreciate it. Longtime patron. Uh, another longtime patron, Greg Gilpin. No, 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 says, no. He had a second question on that that you sent me. Matt did? Yeah. Okay. I must be getting into Greg's and it just didn't separate. 
because the next question, I, I have the screenshots in front of me. That's why there was no second okay. one on Matt's. Greg's question was, what is an angle in wrestling that you actually enjoy that might surprise us, knowing you your view on how wrestling needs to be serious in order to draw you in? Thanks for answering from a fellow diehard Cowboys fan. <laughs> how about them Cowboys? That's what I'm talking about. 17-0 next year, I, you know. Super Bowl suck it, right? Okay. Running the motherfucking table. <laughs> Uh, so, um, what is an angle in wrestling that you actually enjoy that might surprise us? Knowing your view on wrestling, I have a few. Um, okay, one is I really popped when Al Snow had head in ECW. Yeah, that's a good one. And they had all those mannequin heads in the crowd. That was wild. Um, they were a little silly and a little not silly, but I really like the New Age Outlaws. That's a good one. Um, like yesterday I was mad at work and I just went to YouTube and watched, Oh, you didn't know and watched them come out and I was laughing. And so, um, I thought they were tremendous for what they do. Uh, good ups for Billy Gunn still out there kicking it and looking tremendous at, in 2023. Um, I liked the first iteration of the Dudleys. Yeah. The goofy one comedy. Yeah. Sign Guy Dudley and yeah. all that. Dances yep. with Dudleys. And Dances with yep. All that kind of stuff. I thought that was funny, too. And I think that's funny that some of those those gimmicks were in ECW when we think it was all blood and guts. ECW was more diversified than people give it credit for sometimes. Yeah, there was some comedy in there for sure. Um, And so, I, and I like absurd, ridiculous things in wrestling. Um, because it, it, it's an absurd and ridiculous sport when you stop and, and really think about it. It's choreographed fighting. So this I got absurd. one. I got one for it, you that I put okay. in this. Okay. But go ahead. I want you to finish first. No, I think that that was the ones that came to mind. But I'm sure there's more. Those are the ones off the top of my head. So. This wouldn't surprise anyone, so this doesn't quite fit Greg's question, but it, it always pops me. But it is comedy and hilarious. Is Jay Lethal and Ric Flair and TNA and that woo off? Oh. That is straight comedy stupidity, but it's so good that I don't. I think we. If you really look at that, it was really kind of dumb. They're gonna when argue, Rick's sweating, and going, "You can't yes. do me. You can't." Do right. That shit's gold, bro. But it's not serious at all. Like, it's well, and and here's one, and it's how they're doing it so well because it's so personal and so serious, and everybody's invested. But even in the current product, we pop over Wise Man and Tribal Chief. That's a good one, real good one. Yep. And it's an extra little layer of how great everything they're doing is with that. That it's hilarious. Like me and the boy, me and Latrell call each other tribal chief and wise men around the house. Like last I night it. I went into his room and was like, tribal chief, it's almost bedtime. You need to go. Uh, I need you to go. Brush your teeth. Make a sure thing, wise man. So that, an, that's that's one of them. I got hey, one for you one, that. We, what was the one we a few would. years ago where was it Damian Sandow was doing all the different wrestlers? Oh, no, when he was like Miz's stunt double. Was that one you're talking about? Oh, that was good, too. Funny. It was really silly, but it was funny. And so I'm okay with it as long as it's not being presented as the main event. Um, I think you got to keep the world championship sacred. I just do. Otherwise, it, everything else that we do 
in this industry um, falls apart. I got one for you that I've heard non-wrestling fans that I've known and grown up with, family members say it's dumb, but to us it's never been dumb. And you'll know exactly, you'll, you'll go, oh yeah, as soon as I say it. So, Muda misting people and blinding people to a non-wrestling fan who's never watched wrestling before, never been a fan, they think it's dumb. I've never he heard just spit. I've heard it from people I grew up with. They're like, he just spit in his face. That's gross. There's nothing, there's nothing there. I don't get it. I'm like, I'm like, bro, you don't understand. It fucking blinds you. and It doesn't blind you. But, like, you know, they went through the phase where when it was the yellow mist, it would do this and burn more or whatever. And you get the green mist. If you really think about it, is misting someone really going to take out their eyes? No, their their eyes close, they open them, and then they're about to go at it with you. I don't get that. That's that. I'm just repeating. Tremendous. I love the mist. Let me be the clear. Mist is, the mist is great. Fireballs, mist, all that stuff. Yeah. The mist is so great that when Rosemary did it in TNA years I ago. I came off the couch. We popped like we were six again. I jumped off my couch. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, th- there's another one that is might surprise you knowing how serious we want wrestling to be. We like the whole Matt Hardy that was delete great. delete stuff when in TNA when we were watching it years ago. Yeah. Jeff Hardy right. being itchweed. Itchweed. There you go. Yeah. Well, Matt Matt I say Jeff, but we're talking about Matt with the delete, but the whole you know, everything Remember when they came to that. the the rock and roll showed up and they get green beans? Green beans, yes. Tremendous. Just insanity, but yeah. Chuck Scum wants to know, I have no clue what he's talking about here. Husker Do or Sugar and favorite album of your pick. Okay, so this is an interesting one. <laughs> Cause legitimately speaking, this is this is true, Chuck. Um we're not going to mention any names here, but my my main homie Mike Mike knows who I'm talking about. He and I have debated this for years. We've talked about it. I've spent literal hours drinking beer, listening to these albums, and me and my friend here have talked about them. And and up to the point where I got this question last night, and I texted him, and he was like, "Well, how are you going to respond? Because this is this is awesome." So here's the thing. Husker Du is Husker Du. They are legendary. They are amazing. Husker Um, Du. I said Husker Du. I I know. (laughs) Um, But for me, the problem is they recorded on the cheap back in the 80s, underground indie punk SST time, and their recordings don't sound great to me. Sugar is a criminally underrated band that put out two of the best records I own in Copper Blue and Fall Under Easy Listening. Um, so I'm going to go with Sugar, but that does not discount the impact that Husker Du made. Um, I also really enjoy Bob Mould, who's the singer for both and worked for WCW in the 90s. Um, his solo stuff is still great up until the last album he put out, and I went and saw him about a year, year and a half ago. Tremendous. Tremendous. Um, the best song that there's two best songs that Bob Mills ever been a part of, in my opinion. One is G Angel from Fall Under Easy Listening and Divide and Conquer from Husker Du. But there's a lot of them. 
the best album is Copper Blue from Sugar, top to bottom as a classic. But my favorite Husker Du record is also Flip Your Wig because it has Divide and Conquer, Makes No Sense at All, and Keep Hanging On, which are three of my favorite Husker Du songs. You can tell here, I, we have spent a lot of time, me and my buddy, dissecting this, which one is better. If you are also a fan of in, in, independent indie music, the other discussion that me and my boy have had for years and years and years is, which breakup of Uncle Tupelo produced the best first record? Was it Wilco or Sunvolt? And there is a definite right answer to that. Thank you, Chuck Scum, for the question. That's our buddy Chuck Gunther that Hopper knows well and still can't say his name. He says Gertner. So there's that. Chuck uh, always goes to the Wildcat X Radio. But you can't go Sugar, Bob Mould, and, and, and really even Grant Hart in any any uh, version can, uh, at all. It's all good. All goodness. The next question comes from Sean on Patreon, and Sean says, Doc, how do you feel about them boys picking up Gilmore and Cooks? Another football question here. Yeah, Stefan, Gilmore, and Brandon Cooks. Okay, so it's a it's a departure from the strategy that we've put together in the last few years, which is not chasing a lot of free agents. I wonder what that – to me, that what makes me wonder if McCarthy has a greater – uh, voice and personnel matter since he's taken over play calling and he's like, this is my ass. So I need to be more involved. I got to, you know, lick the Cheeto dust off my fingers and get to work here. Um, my concern about Gilmore is his age at 33. Um, what does he have left? Don't know. Hope it's a lot. Um, Brandon cooks. We had to have somebody else to get open for Dak. Um, you told me the guy's a cancer, but you know, He's here now, so he's one of us. Okay, so here, here's the only thing I'll say about Cooks. Ask yourself this question. Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach. Bill Belichick, Super Bowl winning coach. Sean McVay, Super Bowl winning coach. All three of them have traded him. Like, what is wrong? And he's productive. That's the thing. He's, it's not that he's not productive. Something is amiss there that you've had top-tier coaches who have said, yeah, we don't want this dude on our team. We'll welcome him with open arms and make it work. I'm sure that's going to work well in Dallas, let me just say. But uh, good question, Sean. Uh, Thank you for uh, sending that in. Sean's a longtime patron, BTT Hall of Famer. So, uh, good stuff. Let's keep going. We, we got two more. Scott Steele wants to know, Doc, when you go to the Betty Ford Clinic for alcoholism, which famous cowboy room do you want? The Michael Irvin suite or the Hollywood Henderson suite? Jesus. Well, they both do <laughs> powders, and I don't. I don't want to go with Troy Aikman because his he has a new beer. I don't know if you know that. He made a beer. I did not know that. Okay. Well, it's super weak. It's like one of those beers that, you know, it's for the golf course where you can drink like 30 of them and feel bloated and have a big gut and not be drunk. All right. Um, and I'm too cheap to go to Betty Ford. Okay. I'm just going to go lay down and do withdrawals in the backyard and shake and like all that. Um, have a seizure. Okay. Um, give me Michael Irvin. All right, there you go. Not a bad pick. 
All right, and the last question from our pilot uh, patron out there who's helped us out on the dark, dark side of the, uh, not dark side of the ring, Tales from the Territories episodes. We had a couple of plane incidents, and David is a pilot and has been so for many years, so we uh, called him in for some help. David Chauvin wants to know, Doc, of the following, who is the best dick dancer gimmick? And he listed Brutus Beefcake, Rick Rude, the American Males, or PN News? This is tremendous. Okay, he's he's uh talking to uh, the Mrs. On, Doc got... or something. Go ahead. Let me um let me answer the question. I'll fill some time. You let me know when you get back. So, David, that's a good question. If I read that question and said, "Who is the best dick dancer?" and you didn't list a name, I would have to go with like a Stan Lane or someone. But because you listed Brutus Beefcake, Rick Rude, American Males, and PN News, I got to go with Rick Rude. But an honorable mention has to be given to PN News and the absurdity of his so-called dick dancing. Doc, yeah, I, are you back I yet? I apologize. We're, we're getting a car, new car delivered here today. Okay. It wasn't supposed to happen today, so I had to like say what? Wow. That, that, yeah, that, this is, you're showing your privilege, man. You you get them delivered to you. I, I I've never done that in my life, but uh, I haven't either, okay. and it's a lease, and I've never done that either. So oh. I'm not at all comfortable with any of this. So not my privilege. It's what other halves of relationships strong arm you into doing. <laughs> you proceed. I hear you, bro. I, I hear you. I'm going with Rick Rude. And I'm going to throw in a wild card um, person that we don't talk about enough in that regard. Okay. You know who used to grind it hard was Val Venus. Well, he, he listed of the four. I know. It is definitely Rick Rude. Okay, then go ahead. Rick Rude Proceed. was grinding the shit out of things, man. When he yeah. had fucking, well, who was its wife, Jake or Macho? Oh, he God, Elizabeth. yeah. Jake on his yeah. dick while he's dancing. That was tremendous. Yeah. I love Rick Rude, man. He he's a hell of a professional wrestler. So I'm gonna go with him. We are pretty close to getting some American male action, aren't we? Uh well Bagwell for sure. Yeah. Yes. Bag. Um, <laughs> and it's funny when he's first in this this white meat baby face, you know, young kid. So you know see, he's hollowing out the rats. Oh, God. He was just, yeah, you can imagine. So, yes, we're, we're about to get him. Um, okay, so you're going with Rick Rude in, in that selection. Yes. Good deal. All right, so that was Ask Doc, the second part. And if you're listening to this on Patreon, thank you for being a patron. You're getting this early. If you're not a patron and maybe you want future opening segments like that in the future, Hey, we'll consider it if, uh, if there's enough traction, but tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT is where you can sign up and become a patron and get access to all of our Patreon exclusive shows. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Get access to not only Ask, the Ask Doc segment we just did. We got a clash coming up in a few days from now that's going to that's gonna drop uh, shortly after this show drops, the day after, I believe. 
So you can listen to our Clash review there, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Plus, Halloween Havoc is in the uh, rearview mirror. That plus 400-plus Patreon-exclusive shows are available. One more time, tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Support the show and uh, help us out. Doc, you were about to say something? Did I cut you off? Maybe we'll do an Ask Menace anything. Boy, that would be funny. Jesus Christ. I can, I can already hear it. So, Mike, what are you? And I'm not going to answer that question anyway that's for that's for uh, but, us but you know what i would add i would be open to doing that but one we won't do we're not doing ask harper it's not happening it can't he can't he, he does not play. he but does not know how to do it all right doc so we've reached the end of ask doc let's get into let's get into this week's episode of saturday night on tbs again covering november the 16th 1991 i guess you can look at it as the go home show for uh, the clash that is coming up clash 17 so we are at center stage this week this episode was taped november the 11th of 1991 so this episode is after we after we did halloween havoc 91 so we finally it's also it is also apparently been jizzed on or something because it's this tape is struggling it's trying to do the von eric thing yeah, I was about to get to that. There's a reported 800 people in attendance at center stage. Jim Ross welcomes us into the show. Our copy that we have has some audio issues, especially in the beginning. The VCR tape had some tracking issues. Let's just say that. Um, you know, those things, they don't have them anymore like they did in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Well, some people still have them, but they don't really sell them anymore. Anyway, so uh, there there may have been some crust on the tape, and that's <sighs> all we'll say. Uh, so... The opening of this show, we do get a promo from Ron Simmons, and you can hear the audio like issues in it. JR says that Ron had a wrist injury, but Ron is here to tell you he deserves another chance at the at the world title, and he uh, asked for an opportunity. I'm not going to play it because of the audio issues, but did you have anything from it, Doc? Um, yes. In my opinion, Ron has made two big jumps in the last couple of years. First, you know, Doom was a big level up for him. And now this, this position as, you know, contender for the world title. Uh, we're watching him really come into his own. And, and it's, it's it, to me, it's important to remind ourselves of that because it's easy to forget watching day by day. Um, and, and we talk about this stuff. So it's like, well, he's not going to win the title or blah, 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 blah. He's really leveled up the last couple of years. Can't disagree there. You are hitting a nail on the head, sir. He is a top shelf talent. He cuts good promos. He looks the part. He acts the part. I got nothing but respect for Ron Simmons. And um, do yourself a favor if you've got the Peacock or the network, wherever you live. Go watch his Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin. He's kind of all over the place at times in it. But there's just some interesting stuff in in the Broken Skull session. I don't want to spoil. Well, it for you. and and you know, to that end, one of the things that I've been talking about is is if you don't listen, and I don't know where this is about to go based on the, the but on the Arn podcast, he's they've been covering this time, and they asked him what he thought about uh, Ron being elevated to this level and Arn was like look man he's a man's man he had the respect he worked hard who's gonna have a problem with it and if they did who's gonna say something 
Because as Tony Schiavone used to say, Ron would say, I'm unfuckwittable. <laughs> yeah. So. And we believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. He's the part, dude. He looks the part for sure. All right. Well, we'll continue. Ron Simmons in contention again. Uh, let's keep moving. First matchup is Cactus Jack versus T.C. Carter. Man, Cactus beats the piss out of this dude. I mean, he just beats him down, drops the elbow on the outside, all the stuff you would consider him to do. He ends up putting a submission move. Um, Cactus puts Carter in a submission move, and Cactus wins. It was basically a basic arm bar. Doc, you got any timestamps or anything from this one? Yeah, can you go back to the beginning when they're just in the ring before the bell rings? You mean when Carter jumps out the ring? Sort of. Like right. right there. I yeah. feel like that look is me and you hanging out in 1995. What look? You're T.C. Carter with the hat, the pimp no. hat, no. the jacket, no. and I'm cactus with long hair. And No. No? No, sir. No. I, I'm not, no, I ain't dressing like You still had twisty ties, right? You weren't. You didn't have any style Jesus yet. Christ. This is 1991. I'm still in high school, okay? So, no, I didn't have the twisty ties yet. Wow. Mama Menace wouldn't go for that? Uh, probably not. What the fuck I is look, wrong I, with your head? Son? That broad used to whoop my ass, man. Why? She claimed to be 5'4". She was closer to 5'2", but she was violent. Why? Oof. Because she had bro. to raise you? I mean, I could them see old school. dealing with you bro, them old school basis. parents, they didn't give two shits. Call child support. I whipped their ass, too. <laughs> They're not. They were not your friend. Fuck no. They weren't they were, to be played with. They were not there to guide you gently through what the world was going to throw at you. Not a chance, bro. They were hard on you because they knew the world was going to beat your ass. Mm, I bring that up quite often around here. Bro, I say it every day because these kids have no idea. what What's least... out there when mom is not there to fix everything for you. Um, yep. By the way, just to go back to that last match with Cactus real quick, here's my point. You don't have to go back. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Clash because we get Cactus versus Van Hammer. Yes. <laughs> totally agree go ahead we're gonna put you in there now here we figured out the problem with us being worried about you crippling somebody van we're gonna put you in with somebody who likes pain and they you can't cripple them <laughs> like like they say ron simmons was unfuckwittable cactus jack is uncrippleable back then there you go <laughs> we keep moving we go to from web city the arachna man versus pat rose doc Brad really looks good. It's just I can't get past the gimmick, man. I just can't do it. So here's my question. As we give this more oxygen than it deserves. Why is a spider for the fucking kids? Spider-Man was a comic book hero. That's why. It's all in well, the Harper presentation. Th- Harper thinks he looks like a peanut. Well, he's got a point. If you go look at the planner's peanut dude, his head, he, his head kind of does look like that. Like the, the way I'm it, just it, saying he's that, right. Look, I'm not a huge fan of snakes at all, and I don't really like spiders. So what's I mean, the kids are more likely to be frightened of the spider than into the spider. Not necessarily this, because you had Spider-Man that set the precedent that they weren't Spider-Man. scared. Spider-Man's stupid. Okay, well, I'm telling you why this is not a bad thing. It's awful. 
you okay. like a no 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 i'm saying i'm when i say bad thing i mean in terms of and like a kid's not going to be scared of a spider because this a, a kid is looking this looking at this going oh look it's a purple and yellow spider-man and look at brad he's leaning into it because he's crawling around like a spider bro like i feel bad for him they just threw so much garbage on him this is garbage it really was brad wins with ease i'm i, I have trouble calling him arachnaman <laughs> but he wins with ease here and that's that it, it was dumb i mean i'm not even trying to and him and pat rose actually had a good match it was what it needed to be but it's just the gimmick is just so stupid so i mean i don't know what else you can say doc they then go to another uh top 10 tony Schiavone goes takes us through the top 10 we then go to eric bischoff with the wcw magazine and another clash four segment he runs down the card luger steiner sting versus rude pillman versus bad dustin and barry windham versus the enforcers and there's more but that's a really solid start if you think about it and he also throws to footage of steiner and luger that we've already discussed previously on the shows uh bischoff shows rick rude's interview with paulie and medusa from halloween havoc that you can hear us discuss on Patreon at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. A lot of, lot of recaps here and just showing who is on the card during this segment. Doc, did you have anything from it? Solid card, st- man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, um, which is why we're doing this, so that Harper can join us for this and shit all over it, you know, for reasons well, we don't understand. Well, there is some dumb stuff. Big Josh and Tommy Rich, I mean, ugh. Come on. Now, wouldn't Gordon be cheaper than Bischoff? Like, all you got to do with Gordon is, like, keep him in gin, and he's all right. That's fucked up. Here's another jug of of gin. Oh, thank you. You know, I don't don't think young people who – there are young people who listen to us, believe it or not. But I don't think young people who listen to us understand – we're not, like – making fun of him as much as we're having fun with it. But back then, that generation, they were some goddamn alcoholics every night drinking hard. Smoking and drinking. Dude, we had this discussion yesterday about the smoke. and But just like Gordon's generation, I had a talk with, with a guy that I didn't grow up with. He was about 15 years older than me about a year or so ago. And he had we had this discussion about he was like, he was like, guys that back then that were like Gordon's age, he's like, the first thing they did, if they hadn't already done it at work during lunch or even in oh, their yeah. office, was they were pouring a glass of liquor when they walked in the door from work. And that might have been the second or third glass they had that afternoon. Love it. Like, like, so like when people say, man, why you don't act like Gordon was an alcoholic, bro, it wasn't him. It was a generational thing. Bro, the whole parents of the 70s just kind of went to work and then checked out on their kids. Jesus Christ, boy, you ain't lying about that. Then you ain't lying. We were raised by no one at times. <laughs> Bro, you just. <laughs> we had to I'm, find I'm, a way before cell phones and contact could be made with people. Do you know how many times I walked home and, and sat at home for hours on end before my mom got home? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I'm from a single parent household, bro. I spent a whole lot of hours, like, with myself. Or you come in the house at, like, 10 years old and your parents are like, where you been? Yeah. Like, it's your, like it's your college roommate and shit. Bro. I'm like, well, I was over a couple streets over playing with, you know, some kids. Oh, okay. Let me repeat. 
I lived close enough where I could ride my bike to the French Quarter as a kid. And and let's be clear about something. As a kid. It's dangerous now, but it was no joke back then. Bro, I would be miles from my house on a bike. Okay? With no one knowing (laughs) where the fuck you were. You were. All right. Let's keep going. Dustin Rhodes versus Greg Sawyer in the next match. JR says they still don't know the status of Barry's wrist, although he wrestled two weeks ago and looked fine on this show because it was taped before Halloween Havoc. Uh, Let me go to you, Doc, uh, for your thoughts on this one. Continue to like um, what Dustin is bringing to the table. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Um, Lots of arm drags in this match. When's the last time you saw an arm drag in the current product? As we see uh, one there, right there on on cue in the in the video. You know, to be truthful, it I've probably seen it, but I'm just not paying attention for it. But you know um, what I'm recently. saying. But sometimes it, sometimes we miss the easy stuff in the current product. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think it's used. It's just um they really were doing some arm drags. And, you know, Dustin was one of those guys, man, he threw a good arm drag. Steamboat was another one that just had beautiful oh, yeah. arm drags, you know. So, it, But you're right. We, we kind of do miss those things in current product. By the way, speaking I'm of current sure, product. I'm sure um, when, by the time this comes out, we will have seen a ton of them in WrestleMania a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to watching SmackDown tonight before uh, oh, the go-home show before Mania. I've been checking out SmackDown, man. I've been, yeah, I've been I'm gonna into be the, a, I'm going to be at a soccer tournament tonight, one night tournament thing. I've been um I've been checking out the new product, man. You know, there's no there's no real football on. I, sorry, XFL fans. I I like it, but it sometimes is a little mud show for me. But um, it's yeah, garbage. man. I'm ready for the CFL, but that doesn't start until first week in June. So there's oh, that. So it's not what you told me offline. All right, uh, Dustin wins with a bulldog. Any other thoughts, Doc? Nah, it was good. So from there, we do need to go to a promo because we get Dustin Rhodes and uh, maybe there's a run in. Let's uh, let's see how this goes. Another great victory for Dustin Rhodes via the Bulldog headlock. And I know that all the great fans here at center stage appreciate your efforts, but I know you're gearing up Tuesday night, the biggest tag team match of your life as you and Barry Windham are scheduled to go against the enforcers for the World Tag Team Championship. But as we all know, Barry's got a very banged up wrist. What is the status of the situation and how are you preparing for it? Well, Jim Ross, you know that nobody knows their status right now, but this is the first time in my professional career that I can step in the ring for the World Tag Team titles. Now, if there's any way possible at the Clash of Champions November 19th that Barry be there, he will, believe me, he will. He's tough. And Larry's the best going on, Anderson. If you got any guts, you'll face us both. The Clash of Champions face to face. Well, it looks as if we're being joined by uh, Mr. Anderson here. And obviously, you have heard uh, Mr. Rhodes' comments. Dustin Rhodes, my granddaddy told me, God bless his soul, that children until they reach puberty should be seen and not heard. So (laughs) shut your mouth and listen. The fact that Barry Windham is wanting to bear the cross of the entire wrestling world 
Don't take your short career, as glorious as it may be, and jump on the end of that lightning bolt. Barry Windham is gone. He's gone forever. Barry Windham knows how I operate. He should have expected it. But I don't want you, as glorious as your career may be, to use this platform of myself and Larry Zabisco to glorify your own career. Just walk away. Find something else to do because the life you save may be your own. Hey, come on. Well, Arlen Anderson, evidently, it's only you and me right now standing out here. So let's quit talking about it, and if you got any guts, get in the ring right now, and let's settle it right now, Pally. Well, it, the young man has thrown down the gauntlet. You're gonna settle the situation right here. As always, I pick my spots. Nothing in this world is free. Remember that. Fans, what a matchup. Will Barry Windham be at Dustin Rhodes' side or not? Perhaps we'll find out not until Tuesday. Jim Ross, Clash of Champions, we will be there. You can count on it. And he used the term we, as in plural. What a matchup Tuesday night, and when we come back, it's Mr. Hughes after this timeout. Uh, I got no problem with this. This was pretty good. What would you think? I thought it was great. Orrin basically pantsed him in public, dude. Kids should be seen and not heard. That's why we had to leave the house. Children the before they reach puberty should be seen and not heard. That's a great line. And he repeated a line he's used before when he says, uh, you know, the life you save may be your own. But yeah. Dustin didn't back down, though, man. He's he didn't. And that's what's good is that we're out here building up Dustin while we're also letting Arn get his shit in. And that's the goal is to get everybody over. So to me, that that whole segment did what it was supposed to do. From the get go. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I liked it slack. a lot. I mean, Arn, Arn, just like he looked when he took off the glasses. I was like, okay, he's going to get hit, but then he didn't. And then um, when Dustin slapped him back on the chest, he looked down at his chest. That was a nice little move, bro. That shit was great. I love that. And I love Arn being a chicken shit and walking away. Nice. Well, he's not right being now. a chicken shit. He's just not properly motivated with the check. No, well. No, that's kind of the heel. You here for 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 free week? We're going to do this for big money. When I when I have the advantage and I know what's, I'm dictating the terms. No, no, no. What I mean is, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you try to goad me into fighting right. now. Yeah, I'm you're, gonna. You're a, I'm. You're, yeah. you're gonna do it on my terms when I say I'm that's ready. What that's what I, I just mean. said. No, no, you didn't say it like that. He's he's kind of chicken shitting it. He's 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 getting out of it. I ain't fighting you right now. He's being a heel. He comes off as a, a coward, which is what he should look like. Now, if he came out there with more than one person, that'd even been better. Because then he walks away. It's like, wait, you, you got the no. If he comes out there with more than one person, then he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then when he realizes, oh, the odds may be even. No, I'm not doing it. Okay, continue. Sorry. Nothing. That was great. Mr. Hughes takes on Buddy Baker in the next match. Baker is a frumpy-looking fella, is my note. I don't mean that as as 
literal like half pint little fella i mean i have two notes buddy baker looks like jerry lawler got hit with a meth ray okay he just looks frumpy bro yeah he looks like he looks like jerry the king lawler got a lifetime supply of twinkies Well, Hughes wins pretty quickly with like a choke slam of sorts. Any other and here's notes? My, well, here's my other question. So apparently I was watching Raw this week when um, this match was on and I got distracted. So I got a question for you since you've been watching some current product lately. Does Trish Stratus look better in 2023 than she did even 20 years ago? I don't think so. Oh, so you don't like old broads. Okay. Let me say something. She looks good now. I'm not trying to say well, she, she looks, looks bad. tremendous now. But but 20 years ago, she was definitely all the way live. We talked about her live. years ago. Okay. We talked about her years ago on this show. And I was like, man, she was. I, I, I saw a picture she, floating around this week with her, Lita, Stacy, and Tori in the prime and I was like God, God you kidding me that what we're doing here Jesus Christ thoroughbreds in, in a thoroughbred convention yeah <laughs> I'm not saying nothing else and Lita yeah, was man. the secret dark horse because you know she was willing to get down and dirty yeah, she. But uh, going back to Trish, man, she she was she's something, bro. She's she's something. She still looks good to this day, man. Of course, that's why I brought it up. I was I got distracted because I saw her on Raw. I was like, damn. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Yeah, since... you know we're all gonna die soon. Okay. Wow. All right. Um. So time anything is else irrelevant on... when the robots take over. They don't. They don't keep time that way. Anything else on Hughes? No, he's good. He whooped that boy like he ought, like he owned him. Wait, what? Jim Ross throws us to several replays of things with long, bad Graham Pillman over the last couple of weeks. I mean, ugh. ugh. It's led to an interesting match this week, which we are going to go to right now. Johnny B. Bad and the Diamond Stud in mm. Teddy Long. Um. It's a heck of a combination, or with Teddy Long, I should say, versus Pillman and Graham. Teddy has the worst looking shower cap, headgear. I don't, it's like a swimmer's hat. I don't know what the hell he got on his head. This ain't necessarily HD, so it's kind of hard to tell. But anyway, Doc, thoughts on this matchup that's evolved out of these last couple of weeks worth of angles? I wanted to know what Teddy's wearing on his head. It, it's like a swimmer's cap, but it's hard to tell because it's not in HD. You really can't see what it is. Okay. It looks stupid. He's got wrestling boots on like he's going <laughs> to... This dude, bro. Oh, Teddy looks hilarious, but I'm not saying no more, Doc. What what do you what do you have from this thing? 
Teddy is great, though. In this whole match, he is tremendous. Oh, he's killing me. He's 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 hilarious. He's got the wrestling boots, the jeans. The he's got his shirt tucked into his jeans, his sleeveless t-shirt tucked into his jeans. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I was wondering during this match. I wonder if um, Graham and Razor ever crossed paths in Florida. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want you to DM if anybody wants to do any independent research. DM uh, Harper, please. Yeah, let her ask Harper. He'd be like, "No, here's what I want people to do: send that to Harper and tell him to." T- to relate a message to us, I want to. <laughs> I want to see how hot he gets. Bruh, bruh. Why the fuck bro, what are these people talking about? Graham in fucking Florida. Did I did I ask that question on the show? And <laughs> we can tell him. Yeah, you did. He won't remember. You <laughs> won't remember. Look at Teddy, man. This is this is great. <laughs> Poor Teddy, man. He's gonna do all that ready to get ready and then hurt himself. He really is. That's that's true old people stuff right there. I was going to work out and I got hurt stretching. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, um what else you got from this? I don't have a ton of notes from it. I got the I got the finish, but I don't have I don't have a ton of notes. They get, they let them go for a while, which is funny. 5838. I don't know what it was, but it, I said funny. All right, let's go to it. 58 5834 right here. Is, oh, it, yeah. is it uh, Scott yeah. Hall and Mike Graham with yeah, the uh, I'm a tall fella, so I like doing that to people. Give me yeah, a high five. Man, look at look at Scott Hall's arms right there. He jacked. Yeah, let's just job him out every chance we get. For real. For real. Pathetic. Uh, any other time But, but Van Hammer looks like a million bucks, so we're going to push his ass. Wait a minute. Push the wrong guy. They pushed the wrong guy. You mean guy. that card box with the guitar over there? Okay. They Sounds pushed great. the wrong guy. Wrong guy. It's amazing because you think about what happens with Scott Hall goes with Razor and then comes back and he's one of the biggest stars in the promotion when he when he comes yeah. back in ninety six. Gee, gee, it's almost like the yeah. It's almost like the universe corrected itself. Okay, all right. So bad has I'm gonna go to the finish here. Bad has Graham in a chin lock. Graham hot tags to Pillman. Pillman comes in on fire. Several nice drop kicks. Pillman and Bad collide hard in the middle of the ring. Long grabs Pillman, and Bad goes to throw a left hook at, hook at Pillman, but he ducks, and Johnny ends up hitting Teddy Long. Ooh. Uh, Pillman pins Long, and Pillman and Graham win by pin. The interesting thing here is the, the bad blood, I guess, that ends up brewing between bad and long when bad accidentally hits his manager. What do you think doc about how that all goes down? I'm going to sound like Harper. I guess. Well, I mean, we got to get there somehow. Yeah. You got to get there somehow. Here it is. So that part makes sense to me. You have to get there somehow. And if you're going to turn this dude, that's not actually a bad way to do it. The manager's holding Pillman. You know, bad goes to hit Pillman. Pillman knocks out Teddy. Teddy's selling the piss out of it. <laughs> Knocked out. Oh, man. 
Good stuff. Good stuff, though. I, I like I actually like this. Um, I, I don't know how much I like the way they've, you know, Graham and Pillman. They could have just did this with Pillman and bad, but I got it. You, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Any other thoughts? No, I'm OK with it. I guess. Um, did you want me to play the promo with Luger and Harley Race and Mr. Hughes? I feel like it's yes, um, potatoes. Because I liked, I actually like there's a line in this that I liked. All right. Let me go back then. And I know so you're mad because you're ready to no, be no, off no, 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 I'm good. I, I just didn't know if you wanted me to play it. You have to make this go so long. This sucks. Or you're speaking for yourself, but that's fine. Uh, let's go to Jim Ross, who throws to Lex Luger, Harley Race, and Mr. Hughes here. Rick Steiner right here on TBS. Class of Champions this Tuesday night. Buddy, it's coming down to where it's all going to happen. And it's going to happen right this time around. You're not going to intimidate. You're not going to embarrass. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going down to the total package. You know how it couldn't come any sooner? The moment of truth has arrived because I am sick and tired of hearing people, oh, can Rick Steiner beat you? You think you could take him? What about that belly to belly on TV? I've had it up to here. Because Rick Steiner, everybody likes to root for the underdog. And any wrestled up against the total package is always the underdog because they all have shortcomings, which I don't. They're either too dumb, they're either too short, they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, and you're all of the above, Rick Steiner. So when you get in the Clash of Champions with me, I'm going to show you for the inferior athlete and the inferior wrestler, the inferior person that you are. And let me tell you just a little bit more, Steiner. Once you walk in that ring and I unleash this on you, it's going to be the thing that happens that's going to stick in your mind forever, Steiner. Payback time. All right, what'd you think about it? I know you liked it because you wanted to play it. Yeah, I like where he outlines all the deficiencies and then tells Steiner he's got all of them. <laughs> You're all of the above. Dude, Harley, yeah, I agree. Harley Race, he could not be saying nothing, but the the, the, the voice I believe is what does it. Yes, agree. That was good. That was good. I mean, look, we're go home show before the clash, so good stuff. We continue, and we go to the next match. We have Oz versus Rick Steiner. And here's my notes, Doc. Oz went from a $100,000 set during his debut in a monkey doing the Burger King thing to now being an enhancement talent for Rick Steiner leading into, <laughs> leading into the clash. Now, I'm not taking a shot at Kevin Nash here. Not at all. It's the stupidity of Jim Hurd on display. We couldn't think of anything better but to make this man Oz, which we didn't even talk about when we went through the Ask Doc questions with bad ideas. This is certainly one of them, Oz. This is just, boy, they're wasting this dude. <laughs> Thoughts? And prayers. Well, like, I'm not trying to say Kevin Nash at this point doesn't need seasoning, man. I'm not a huge Kevin Nash fan in any form. And even I wrote down poor Kevin Nash. Right. You're just being mistreated. I think he's a smarmy, 
he's the kind of guy that I would not want to be around in real life because he thinks he's smarter than you for real and is going remi- to try to remind you of that shit. And I'm like, bruh, don't. But I don't think it's that. I just think been, it's the way he talks, the way his okay, flow whatever. and tone is. And I just, they never explained what is Oz, what's the point, why was he here, and now it doesn't matter because we're just jobbing him out. <laughs> For real. Uh, well, Steiner gets a win over a big man. I guess maybe that was what they were trying to do. Who knows? I get why the Nash... And Hall wanted to squash everybody when they came back. I agree. Boy, you you just said a mouthful after what they dealt with in 91, for sure. All right, this man. Well, green tag team right here. Boy, this next match is something else. This is going to put asses in the seats, bro. Let me tell you. PN News in the Z-Man versus Steve Austin and Van Vader. This hit rewind about five gorgeous. times to watch the. I hit rewind five times to watch the introductions on this thing, man. This is. I, I when I got to this point in the show, I was like, "Wait, are we really doing this?" We got Z Man doing the fist pump like news because he's acting like news. I, what are your thoughts on this insanity? This is insanity. <laughs> It's like a freak show, man. Not that they're all freaks, but it's like I would have never, I would have never thought of these four guys having. If somebody would have told you six months ago, "Hey, Vader, Austin are going to team up against PN News and Z Man," do you believe it? True or false? You would have been like, "Oh, it's false. That's not happening." No, and I just think about this: five, what, six, five, six, six years from now. Austin would look across the ring at those two and go, I ain't working with them. Right. He might even do it to Vader. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. When Vader was on his show. I was like, what what, um, he said Leon told him. Steve, let a cooler head prevail. I'm like, that's a great line unless you're the guy over in Kuwait that starts choking the TV host with the undertaker and gets thrown in a jail. That's Remember probably that why he said that though. Cause he, he learned his lesson. Oh, okay. I mean, if you think about it, we like, I hate not that you, you're doing this, but I hate when people in life say that they're like, Hey, person X, Y, Z said, do this in this situation, but look what they did. Well, yeah, they may have learned from what they did. And if they're well, saying, that lazy assumption, which is true, is most people don't learn their now. Why is Vader not wearing his headgear? He took it off. He had it on and took it off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And you Vader could add, you could in this match for my who? Vader. Who did? I just wouldn't have did this match, but hey, again, it's, we're yeah, filling this up is unnecessary <laughs> nonsense. And, and and it wasn't like it was like super short it wasn't long but it wasn't like super short either i do have a timestamp. okay i don't I have go anything to. else this just threw me off my my all I right was messed up watch this news shakes his ass at austin get a little dick dancing look watch the news news breaks out of like a bear hug type move and shakes his ass at austin 
Does Steve Austin look like somebody who would take that joke lightly and 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 get a laugh out of that? Brother, I I, I realize that you're trying to entertain the crowd here, but I'd appreciate it if you keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> For real. Uh, and then here's my next timestamp. News body slams Vader. Come on, that's what I was saying. He shouldn't be taking that. Here it comes. Went up. And, I mean, news holds him up for a while before he slams him. Why are we letting this fucking bowl of jello take Vader off his feet in 1991? Don't know, brother. He bumping for zinc, though. No, he ain't moving. Look, it took news to drop kick him out the ring for him to sell it. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. So let me go to the finish. This match was actually kind of comical in some ways (laughs) when you think about how it went down with Dick dancing from news, shaking his ass at Austin. But anyway, so the finish, um, Z-Man tags news. News bumps Austin and even throws a really decent drop kick. There's a nice gut wrench suplex. New sets Austin up for the broken record, and he catches Austin. Vader, though, drops a big elbow on News as News had Austin pinned, and Austin rolls over just enough to pin News. It wasn't a bad finish. Like, Vader and Austin needed to win, but um, it just, I, I sat there mesmerized, kind of watching this, thinking, God damn, this is. This is just a weird matchup. Like I kept every like as I'm, I watch it play out, I'm like, God, I never would have thought. Like it's one thing to have news versus Austin. We knew that happened, but to have these four guys having a tag match on a Saturday night in 1991, I, bro, it just struck me as like really odd. Is the best way for me to say it. I agree. So we'll keep moving on that note. So we keep going. And, well, we got Steve Armstrong in singles action versus Rick Rude. Um, I thought Steve Armstrong was a heel now. Point taken. It doesn't make sense if you're talking one of babyface and heel. But it is what it is, right? Um, Doc, I got a soundbite I got to play, bro. From from rude, because we've on. been saying this. What? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, I'm trying to keep us in order with my sound bites, but you're good. Yeah, before the match, rude. Yeah, uh, needs to say I know something. where we're going. Music. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, out of shape. Southern fried sweat hogs. Keep the noise down while I take my robe off and show you what a real sexy man is supposed to look like. Hit the music. Bruh, I don't care how many times I hear him do that. He is the greatest prick of all time. So conceited and arrogant. Uh oh. What? He did some dick dancing. He's got some more in a minute. I got a timestamp. Bruh, he is phenomenal with this stuff. He was a prick three years ago or four years ago when he had the tag titles. True. But it's different. But he's gone off and he's gotten, he's matured. 
He's filled out a little bit. He's not yeah. as, as lean. And he is cut that off the mullet. He's serious looking and means business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. All right. So. Southern Fried Sweat Hawk. Dude, it's so good. He just. He's. He's, he's just such a good heel, man. He's so great. He's so arrogant. He's the He is like perfect heel, man. And he's a good wrestler, too. And he bumps great. Cut he, the he's, fucking music. Yeah, he did everything but say that. He said cut the music, but yeah. Um, And he's got Paul, a young Paul E. Dangerously with him, which is also cool. All right, what other timestamps you got? Because you said you got some more from this one. 138.30. All right, let's see if we can get to it. 138.30. Uh, it doesn't want to proceed. All right, we're at 138.24. What are we looking for? Oh, you'll know. Okay. So we get a backbreaker by Rude. Oh, there it is. Some swivel hips dick dancing. Look at him go. <laughs> He's into it right there, too. <laughs> you see them two girls in the back? Look look at them girls behind him when he's dancing. Hold on, hold on. Here it goes, here it goes. When he puts his elbow down. You see those two to his right? Uh-huh. Okay, watch him. They like that. Look at them. <laughs> they are young, but they like that. I don't think they're Come of on. age, but they like that. Dude, d- tell what me they the didn't react. What are the chances that he did that in a certain direction aimed at a certain person? Uh, Probably pretty good. He's Rick Rude. Okay. I wouldn't put nothing past him. Okay. All right, what other timestamp you got? Let me see here. That's a nice belly to back right there, man. Steve Armstrong. Yeah, here's my note, here's my note about. I had to switch over. Um, here's my note about Rude. He left a kid and came back a man. I don't think he was a kid. Right, but he was. He was still a puppy with big paws. You you got to see him in in mid south. Like okay, so er, I need one forty three forty five. Okay. Hold on, I gotta go back some. If you saw him in mid south, you'd be like, you'd really be like, oh my god, he is a he is really a puppy with big paws. So he hits the root awakening. That's the finish, and he pins Armstrong. And now, oh, when he kisses the camera. Or goes to kiss the camera. So arrogant, dude. And we get some more butt-clenching dick dancing. He's flexing his butt cheeks. He's literally flexing his butt cheeks. That's tremendous. Just lots and lots of dick dancing. Um, He he actually dominates Armstrong in this match, but I don't know if you'd call it a squash. Right. They went a while. Here's the other thing I thought. Heyman's been doing this for 30 years, man. Uh, yeah. He's going to be out there involved in the main event of WrestleMania. And, and think about this. Not only has he been doing it 30 years, but so think about that. How think about the miles and the traveling. Yeah, well, I don't know, bro. Like he's reinventing himself, but he's still, if you look at how he's dressed here and how he looks, he's just a fatter version of himself right now. No, no, no. He's the psycho yuppie here. Now he's the sage old wise man. Okay. That's Before that, point. he was the Weasley guy holding on in the corporate environment. Before that, he was the edgy guy that was leading the revolution in ECW with the ponytail and the trench coat. Okay. Fair enough. I meant more or less from the clothes he has on. Okay. That ain't changed from here to now. He's still got a suit on. But in ECW, he's the 
you know, up against the authority. I'm, yeah. I'm the revolution. You know, yeah, I got you. I got you. All right. Um, so hold on. Let me play the promo. I need to go back some. Did you have anything else from the match before I go back? A no, little I'm bit? ready for this promo. Yeah, me too. All right. So he dick dances again. <laughs> Bro, we might need a He's, dick dancer counter, man. Man, he is out there putting up numbers. Because it's like quality. six times in that match. He's quality <laughs> and quantity. All right, let's go to the promo. Here's Rick Rude, Paulie Dangerously after Rude wins and defeats Steve Armstrong. Must be avoided by the Stinger this Tuesday night if Sting wants to retain the United States Heavyweight Championship. But I think, obviously, on national television, Paul, you've been there before. You've got a statement to make regarding Tuesday night. Ever since I came here this evening, everybody here at Center State said, Paulie Dangerously, we need you back on World Championship. Right? We need you to save us from Captain Oklahoma because World Championship Wrestling does not appreciate its top wrestlers. It doesn't appreciate its top personalities doesn't appreciate his top talent. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Louisiana gets another governor. Clarence Thomas goes to the Supreme Court. And those bastards tell me that I can go to hell. Now, you want to live dangerously with a psycho yuppie from Wall Street? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bankrupt this whole damn company until I'm the head of the board of directors, until I'm the head of the championship committee, until you might as well call me Paulie Turner. This Tuesday night at 8.05, I promise you one thing. At 8.05 Eastern Time this Tuesday night on live national television, there's going to be a new United States Heavyweight Champion, and his name is Ravishing Rick Rude! I know you've got some comments to make. You know Sting is here. I'm sure you'll direct them perhaps to him, sir. Yes, I know Sting is here. And when Ravishing Rick Rude thinks of Sting... I think of a great champion. I think of a top-notch competitor. A man who has met all challenges and beaten all challengers. Welcome to the club, Sting. That makes two of us. Everywhere you have been, I have been. Everything you have done, I have done. Our only problem is, Sting, we've never been in the same place at the same time. Well, Tuesday at the Clash, we're gonna put an end to that. We're gonna answer all the questions. And Jim Ross, when the Clash is all over and the final bell is rung, the whole world will see it was Sting who was stung. See you at the Clash, Sting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Clash of Champions is this Tuesday night. And when we come back, we'll have heavy metal Van Hammer right after this timeout. Yeah, we're going to skip past Van Hammer because I really don't give a damn. But that promo was gold. Heyman was gold. I'm sorry, Dangerously was gold. And Rude was puts the icing on the cake at the end. Good stuff. Tremendous. Everything you've done, I've done. Everything you've done, I've done. I mean, it might not be true, but it sounds. It doesn't great. matter. I believe it. Right, right. What's true got to do with any of this? Boy, you ain't lying, especially when you're talking about heels. I mean, come on. 
But that 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 was great. I'm loving Rick. Here's Rudy George here. South's George South's greatest challenge yet. Yeah, we go to commercial and come back. Van Hammer takes on George South. Bro, I, I can't do it with this dude. I, I say this frequently, but I can't with Van Hammer, man. He wins. Wrong guy won. You got anything else? It's awful. I, I, I'm, I feel bad for George South. You should. All right, we'll keep going. Tommy Rich takes on Sting in the last match on the show. They don't get much time. <laughs> we get a stinger splash followed by a scorpion deathlock for the win in like two minutes. Both Tommy of these Rich has, guys suck, but in different ways. Tommy Rich has moved down the card significantly, even though he's a member of the York Foundation. The United well, that's States moved down the card too, I think. Kind of. But it, yeah. <sighs> I, I really don't, I mean, what do you want me to say? Sting wins, and that was kind of like that. Right, Doc? I mean. I mean. I don't really want to get folded up like a pretzel in that thing, that scorpion thing. Can you just hit me with the splash and roll me on up? <laughs> that, that sounds like something that he would say. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I realize that I'm out there to do the J-O-B and make you look good, but I don't want to get hurt. My back has been barking lately. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. <laughs> the last thing we're going to cover on this episode is Sting cutting a promo, and I have to play it so that I can hear Doc's reaction to it. Here we go. United States Heavyweight Champion, and what a night it's going to be Tuesday night. Not only will the United States Heavyweight Championship be on the line, we're going to find out via the last gift box who's been sending oh, these boxes oh, at the Clash of Champions. That's right, Rossi. This is the last box. I got a personal invitation this time. You know how upset I was last time. I didn't get an invitation. I missed the birthday party, the candles, everything else. But this time, we get to find out what the real deal is. You heard the comments made by Ravishing Rick Rude and Paul E. Dangerously. Quite obviously, they are more than ready for this confrontation Tuesday. Well, Rossi, all I can say now is... Up to now, Ravishing Rick Rude, you've had just a taste, just a smidgen of what World Championship Wrestling is all about. But come time for the clash, when this title, this belt right here, is up on the line, you're going to get a chance to bite into something a little bit bigger. I'm giving you the opportunity, Ravishing Rick Rude. Well, we're being joined uh, by Medusa, the Dangerously Camp. Maybe... Maybe it was a, a rude awakening already. You're already tired of Rick or what? <laughs> Darling, you're going to see just how rude Rick is. And it's going to be a cold day in hell before you get your stinger next to me. Whoa! Holy! Well, I hope, Mr. Rude, that you are rude. I hope that you're ravishing. And remember this, Mr. Rude, you're going to get stung. And Medusa, you just might get stung. I didn't say that, but you know. Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen, the United States Heavyweight <laughs> Championship's going to be on the line. We'll see you tomorrow on the main event. How bad did that make you mad? Did that anger you? Wow. <laughs> Just what we're doing? Oh, 
I watched it like five times back to back. I was like, oh. Oh, maybe Medusa's going to get stung. Oh, oh, I should have said that. Ow! Comes to the back and Rich goes, Tommy Rich goes, God damn, that promo was so bad. You should have taken, let me hit the splash. God dang. Did you not enjoy that? No. Bro, that shit was phenomenal. Lee bad. That was great. (laughs) What a a way to close the episode going towards the clash with him versus. Y'all are giving Sting to a real man. He's in trouble. My God, that was so great. It was so terrible. My buddy Everett Starr out there is going to love that. He's going to be like, man, that's how you close an episode. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm. All right. Did you only watch it once or did you rewind it to see it a second time to see how great it was? I'm waiting on an answer here. Once was plenty. Once was plenty. That was so good, man. I loved it. Oh, my God. I loved it. All right. Uh, so, you know the drill, Doc. We got to uh, – anything else before we uh, rate it and hand out some uh, – hand out a 2-2 award, I should say. But, but you're that shook up right now, huh? Well, here's the thing. I'm this is where things get turned to be become relevant, re- relative. Okay. As bad as Sting is, he's still light years ahead of Van Hammer. Oh, Van Hammer's a joke, bro. So is Sting. No, no, Sting. I'm oh, not going to let you slander. I'm not going to let you slander. I'm not going to let you slander Sting like that, bro. Bro, look, here's the thing, bro. Sting's promos are not good. But... He's for the kids. He's not for us. All right. The other side of the, the equation is Sting can have a good match. Van Hammer is incapable of a good match. Incapable. He is impotent at having good matches. I just invented something there. So you can't say that. You can't. You can't. You, you can be mad at Sting. But Sting ain't that bad, is my point. That's all I'm trying to say. But we do need to rate it and hand out some Rolexes. Before we do so, remember we've been talking about it this whole episode. The Clash is coming up. So become a patron, tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. You'll get to listen to Doc and I for sure. Harper is supposed to be there. Review Clash 17, where the card seems to be lined up well and looks like it's going to be a great one tinyurl.com slash patreon btt it's a great way to support the show and you'll get extra content which is of course plus tinyurl.com slash patreon btt um what are you gonna rate this one doc i think this is better than last week oh yeah i do too this was definitely better than last week although i'm starting to wonder when baseball season starts <laughs> um we mean when baseball season starts it's november like <laughs> i don't know if we're there 
pal. Okay. Oh, um, I'm going to give this one a B plus. No, no, no. I'm going to give it a, well, yeah, B plus, B plus. I'm going to give it a B plus as well. I almost went A minus. Me too. But I'm going to give it a B plus. So who gets your toot toot award? Well, this one's tough. Yeah, it is. Because there's a couple of things here you can give it to. To me, so, you got Arn and you got Rude are the two. That's who I'm torn between because Rude got more time. Arn maximized his minutes. Yeah. I'm. Yep. Ugh, this is difficult. This is why we make the big bucks, though. <laughs> well, while you're debating, I'm going to go Rude. But that you're splitting hairs because Arn could have easily gotten it too. I'm going Arn. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, you can't. And the reason I'm going Arn is he helps get Dustin over with that. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. He really did. He really did. He did him a favor. Well, that just about wraps up the show. Thank you for listening. That's November 16th of 1991. Uh, once again, brother. we're heading towards the Clash. Boy, this is the 17th one we've covered. Um, I think I did say we were getting close to the end of Lady Blossom's run. Maybe our last time seeing her. But I believe we see her at the Clash. I haven't watched it in a number of years, so I think we'll have to see then. But I believe we'll see her there. Anyway, so I, that might be her swan song, but not really sure. Anyway, She's that note. No, she's already pregnant at Halloween Havoc, according to the shoot interview she did. Well, she can't get um, more pregnant now. No, <laughs> she can't. All right, Doc, um, anything else before we uh, get out of here? No. Yeah, that's what I say, too. Well, hit the tagline. Let's roll. Thanks for listening, everyone. Fuck it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>